0: This is Ann Robertson, the Executive Director of the Massachusetts Bible Society. Thank you for hanging with me as we worked on our bicentennial celebration, which went off very well, and I'm dealing with the dog dying. He's still with us. Um, But anyway, I am back for this week, and this week the uh, passage comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 7, which says, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. I think I've used this passage before, or at least this story. The process of selecting a Supreme Court justice who serves on the bench for life is critical to our nation's health and stability. It's one of those things we simply must get right maybe because the pressure to get it right is so great. We always seem to get a little crazy when that time comes around, although we're not always crazy in the same way. A couple of decades ago, it seemed people didn't want our justices to have any personal opinions at all, couldn't think anything about anything. Then, Over the last decade, it shifted, and you had to have partisan preferences so you could qualify to replace either a liberal or a conservative judge who came before you. Now there seems to be a new brand of craziness, and people are questioning whether it's appropriate to look for a Supreme Court justice with empathy. Hello? Isn't that the difference between administering the law and administering justice? Because one of the main scriptural metaphors for God is that of a judge, and because biblical leaders were also generally called upon as judges, people of faith have an interest in these matters. Or at least we should. The best-known Old Testament judgment is the case of the two women claiming to be the mother of a single baby, a case that was brought to King Solomon. In a case hailed forever after as a sign of Solomon's wisdom, Solomon uses his experience of a mother's love, probably his own mother, to decide the case. He orders that the child be cut in half with half a baby given to each. When one of the women cries out to spare the child and says, oh, give it to the other woman, spare the child, Solomon knew he had the real mother and gave the child to her. Just one example of empathy at work resulting in justice. We only see Jesus acting formally as a judge once, in the opening verses of John 8. A woman has been caught in the act of adultery, although oddly enough they could only manage to bring the woman and not the man for judgment. And the Pharisees bring her to Jesus to judge, reminding him that the punishment dictated by the law is death by stoning. Jesus makes his judgment based on his ability to connect with and understand people empathy. More than that, he brings about justice by calling those present to empathize with the woman as well. They are all reminded of their own sins, and only those who have no sin are allowed to administer what the law requires. It works, and nobody throws the first stone. Then Jesus, arguably the only one there who could have thrown a stone under that rule, doesn't. He recognizes her sin and he tells her to shape up. But he lets her go, as the Pharisees had obviously already let the man go. What Jesus continually objected to in the Pharisees was their lack of empathy in administering the law. They were legalists, caring only about the technicalities of the law and not the broader concerns of justice. They were concerned with the letter of the law rather than its spirit. The good news of the New Testament is that our ultimate judge is Jesus and not the Pharisees. We get the guy with the empathy, not the one with a literal interpretation of the law. There are plenty of legitimate questions to ask about a potential judge for the Supreme Court or otherwise. But if empathy becomes an impediment to someone's selection, we could easily become a nation of Pharisees, leaving us all in danger of being stoned to death. Will you pray with me? Restore our compassion, God, that it might be your law that we follow.